Welcome to the Endpoints Podcast, presented by the ALS Therapy Development Institute. I'm Jonathan Gang. In March 2023, ALS TDI announced the launch of the ALS Research Collaborative, or ARC. ARC's goal is to learn more about the underlying biology of ALS to help accelerate treatments. The study is powered by the participation of people with ALS who generously share their data about their disease, their genetics, and their progression. This data then informs ALS TDI's research to find treatments for ALS. It is also shared with the broader ALS research community through the ARC Data Commons, an online portal allowing researchers to access years of data dating back to when the program was founded as the Precision Medicine Program in 2014. This program is powered by participants, people with ALS all over the world who have chosen to share their data with ALS TDI in order to accelerate research. ALS TDI works hard to make sure that participation is as easy as possible for these volunteers, and that nearly every aspect of the program can be completed from participants' homes. Today, on Endpoints, we're joined by Alan Premisseri, ALS TDI's Manager of Clinical Operations, to talk about what it's like to participate in ARC, how ALS TDI works to support our participants, and how their invaluable contributions help move our science forward. Just to start at a really basic level, just if you had to answer the question, what is ARC? How would you mm. describe it? ARC uh, is a, a two-facet program. It is a uh, natural history study, uh, which I would just call the ARC study. And it, it is a sort of a data sharing platform that shares the data from that natural history study. Got it. And can you say a little bit about who you are and what your role in the program is? Sure. Um, so I'm the uh, manager of clinical operations. Uh, I manage uh, our clinical team. And um, we're basically tasked with running the day-to-day logistics of the ARC study uh, and now um, managing the sort of the data curation the, the account creation and, and all the little technical stuff that's associated with the ARC data commons, so the data sharing platform. Mm-hmm. And what's the purpose of the program? The purpose of the program um, is, is the same as it was when it was known as the uh, Precision Medicine Program. Um, it is to know more about ALS uh, from, from people living with ALS. Um, so the, the ARC study continues to collect data from people um, as much as we can about their, um, you know, their lifestyle and, and how their progression is going using established and experimental uh, methods. Um, and now with the, the new uh, data sharing platform, the goal is also to share that information with other researchers. Um, ALS TDI can do a lot of things, uh, but we know we can't do everything. And we know there's a lot of um, smart people out there so the the arc data commons is there to also give the rest of the world a chance to to mine our data and hopefully make new findings that um, maybe we wouldn't have had the time to yeah and you mentioned the precision medicine program there can you talk a little bit about like what the history of the program is mm-hmm. yeah so the precision medicine program uh was founded back in 2014 um as sort of a small 
project that got um, boosted um, with some funding from the Ice Bucket Challenge. Um, and it grew into, into a sort of a fully fledged natural history study. And um, its goal, as I said, gather as much information as we can from people living with ALS to learn about it. Um, the It became the foundation of ARC um, because we realized there's a lot more we wanted to do within the program, um, collect more types of data, um, it enhance the, the participant experience, so how they contribute data and how they see their own data, and the uh, creation of the ARC data commons. So with all these new features, um, we wanted to basically like evolve the PMP um, into something more. So that became ARC. And kind of backtracking a little bit, I guess, uh, what, what exactly is a natural history study in this context? Yeah, yeah, I think sometimes the definition might change slightly uh, depending on, on who you talk to. Um, traditionally, I think a natural history study is it's a study um, where you have a disease of some kind or some condition where, that you don't know that much about and you just learn from people living with that condition or disease um, as much as you can. Um, you just gather data. Um, there's no like intervention. You're not testing anything. You're just getting data on the natural history of that uh, condition. Um, in our context, it's a little bit more than a natural history study. We are doing all of that and because we don't know uh, enough about ALS, um, but we're also testing new things and we're using the data to inform our work in the lab. So while we're collecting your typical like surveys and background information and um, data on an established uh, metric like the ALS FRS, we're trying new things like um, scoring voice recordings, measuring limb strength and progression with uh, accelerometers um, and collecting uh, blood uh, samples um, to, to um, track the various omics over time. Um, a lot of the data that comes from this isn't necessarily standard or validated, so it's experimental. Um, and then on top of that, we're using all the data we get to help inform our decisions in the lab. So there's a translational aspect to it, meaning we're getting data from people and quickly putting it back into the lab to develop something that might be helpful to people. Um, so it, it really is a little bit more than a natural history study. Um, but at its foundation, what makes it all run is is the natural history study. Got it. And just going to ask you for another definition here. Can you say a little bit more about what uh, omics means when we're talking about a study like this? Yeah, omics uh, is, is a suffix that can be used for a lot of things. Typically, we mean it in the context of uh, proteomics, transcriptomics, and genomics. Um, so protein... RNA and DNA. Um, it just covers the study of sort of those things. Um, so when I say proteomics, it means we're looking in the blood samples for levels of different proteins. Um, when I say transcriptomics, it's again from the blood samples we're looking from for uh, how different RNA is expressed um, over time. And then the genomics is, is whole genome sequencing. We're looking for certain mutations that are present in people's uh, genomes. Mm -hmm. And this is probably pretty broad, but can you say a little bit about what are we hoping to learn from those kinds of 
studies and that kind of data and um yeah like like what are what are the goals of studying those things yes in, in als um and some other diseases too um there's there's a there's a combination of complex biology um heterogeneous uh clinical presentation uh, that that kind of makes a perfect storm of of difficult to execute clinical trials um when we don't understand the disease enough and and it's so different in everybody and it progresses quickly it makes it hard to find effective therapeutics on top of all the difficulty that goes into developing a drug um so to tackle the complexity and and sort of the the heterogeneity of ALS um you just need to collect a lot of data um to to get trends and patterns and categorize people into certain subsets of ALS you need a lot of data enough that when you do the statistical analysis um it'll show significance if if there is actually a pattern there um i know we we've already have some categories we consider some people bulbar als or limb onset als um but even then those two, those two categories are pretty broad um the way the the disease spreads in in two bulbar people could be different and in the way it spreads in two limb onset people could be different um so it really is a platform for just generating as much data as possible so that we can tackle the complexity of the biology that that will come from you know doing the blood sampling and all that and and under better understanding the the clinical presentations by doing all the other metrics so the surveys and the frs and the accelerometers and the voice start grouping people that way um and when we combine those two hopefully uh we can present something um to the clinical researchers that they can can use to help design their trials better and hopefully uh the the methods and stuff we develop could also be used in clinical trials to help see response to a treatment more sensitively than what we have currently and uh who can participate in the study uh a lot of people can participate <laughs> almost everybody uh the only real uh restrictions are you have to be 18 years or older um you have to have uh a diagnosis of ALS or another related MND uh another motor neuron disease um like PLS um or be a asymptomatic uh genetic carrier of a mutation that is known to be associated with ALS um and you have to be able to communicate uh fluently in written english you don't have to speak it but you have to be able to read and understand our uh, protocols and consent forms other than that uh anybody can join mm-hmm. and another broad question here but um what is what is it like for the people who participate and i know that's a range depending on what parts of the program you're participating in but like yeah say a little more about you know basically from the people who are just filling out ALS FRSs all the way up to people who are participating in all of the little side things you can get mm-hmm. into yeah Uh we try to make it as accessible as we can. Um it's no it's no secret that ALS is tough to deal with for 
not only for the person living with it, but for anybody that's close to them. Um, participating in research is a is is not easy, um, and so we're doing what we can to make it easy. Um, so everything in Arc is optional to do, um, and and people can sort of do it at, at their leisure, and and we'll we'll provide guidance and reminders, and and when we, you know, suggest things to be completed, um, but they can do it sort of how how they are most comfortable um, doing or. How, as comfortably as they want to do it. So some people will, um, there are there are five main activities right now in ARC. That is the ALSFRS, um, the various surveys, um, the accelerometers, voice recordings, and the remote uh, blood sampling. And it gets more complex the more materials are involved. So the ALSFRS is a very easy. It's accessible in the, uh, the website. And it's just a questionnaire. Um, so that's pretty easy. So those that's the one people do the most. Um, then the surveys and then the voice recordings, which require calling in. The accelerometers involve equipment and mailing. So it's it's not as easy. And then the blood sampling requires, you know, uh, sending a phlebotomist to your home um, and coordinating schedules and all that. So it's probably the hardest thing to do. Um, but not everybody has to do everything. There are definitely people who will come in and do ALS FRS for a year and never miss one. And that's great. And do nothing else. And that's helpful. Get, even getting that information is helpful. And then there are people who will, will go and do everything. Um, and maybe they'll miss a, a day here or there because they're doing a lot. Um, and that's fine too. Um, again, it all goes back to the point of we just need to capture as much data as we can. Um, and and what we, whatever we can do to make that easier for people, um, we believe will be helpful for the program. Mm -hmm. And there are some like geographic restrictions on what people can participate in too, right? Correct. Yeah. The while anybody could join from any part of the world, given that they can speak uh, or communicate in written English, um, we can't send right now uh, accelerometers everywhere, and we can't do remote blood collections everywhere. Um, mostly for logistical reasons, the cost. And and sort of risk involved in shipping materials internationally um, is a little too great right now. Um, that's not to say it might not happen in the future. Uh, we're we're always thinking of ways to expand our reach or or um, bring in maybe new devices that don't have to be shipped more than once. Um, so right now we're we're mostly focused on the continental U.S. Um, as far as the the accelerometers and the um, blood sampling goes. Got it. And, and I know we've also had some collaborators throughout the years. Can you talk a little bit about the people that we've worked with and what that those collabor collaborations have enabled? Yeah. Um, probably our two, two most well-known collaborations are um, one with Google. So, um, Back in the earlier days of, of the PMP, um, we were figuring out what to do with some of our voice data and our accelerometer data. Um, they're very large data sets, and, and Google is very capable at handling large data sets. Um, so through some connections, uh, people from TDI connected up with some people from Google, and they worked on developing um, basically a, a machine learning model that can analyze 
uh, voice recordings and, and give it a score, um, that is an objective sort of measurement uh, as opposed to just answering the one question on the ALS FRS. Um, so out of that project, um, we now use that machine learning model uh, in our data collection and participants can see it now. Um, it's still experimental, of course, um, but but it is it's a new tool we have. And uh, for Google, they they sort of founded Project Euphonia, um, and eventually what became sort of Project Relate, um, which is which is their um, development of of better accessibility um, for for their devices and for phones and for like smart assistants and stuff like that um, for people who have um, affected speech. You know those things are aren't easy to use, so. After working with us and working with our voice data, they expanded it to uh, anybody who has a speech affected by any condition and started developing tools um, that can understand um, people who have affected speech. Um, and so that is a whole another project they're going off and doing. Um, and then we have a collaboration sort of with other ALS researchers like uh, Dr. Bedlack at uh, Duke University. He's... he's uh, found a group of people um, who at one point in their life got diagnosed with ALS or had had very ALS-like symptoms. Um, and, and one way or another, the symptoms slowed down completely or started reversing. Um, and so we call them reversals. Uh, so we've been working with uh, Dr. Bedlack to recruit some of those people into uh, the PMP and now ARC um, to be able to compare, uh, you know, what what is different about them uh, to everybody else in our program? Um, because we collect so many data in so many different ways, you know, we're hoping something will be able to tell us, you know, what what makes it about those people that their their symptoms, you know, reversed or or stopped or, or you know, how can we inform our again, you know, our research efforts by by looking at these two groups? Um, yeah. Cool. And. Uh, um last couple questions here um so we've talked about how arc informs our research um how, how especially with the um data commons coming online how, how do we hope this data is going to help the wider als research space i think um the arc data commons provides a little bit of a, a, a unique tool um, for researchers that may not have had the, you know, computing power or the computing know-how to investigate, um, you know, certain large data sets. Um, and it'll also help people who just didn't have access to it in the first place. Um, there are definitely people out there and, and they'll be coming for our data comments too, um, who are, who are savvy, um, with programming and and database structure and analysis and all this, um, who can just take um, large data files from any group who has data like ours um, and do their own analysis. If there's someone like me, um, they don't have that expertise, uh, you know, right off the bat, and and they're not working with large data all the time, and they don't know what to do, and they don't have programming experience. Um, I know there's a lot of researchers like that in ALS out there who don't have that uh, sort of knowledge or the background. Um, the ARC Data Commons 
uh, is does not require that level of knowledge to use, um, which I think is really important. So it it is a little it's it's a more user friendly way to investigate large data. So we did all the sort of back end work so that it becomes a little bit simpler for the user to use. Um, and I should say this is this is um, this platform is is running off of Google's Looker um, platform. So of course they get the credit for developing the platform, but we we organize the tables in a way and, and for for people to access. Um, but yeah, if you if you're not you know very savvy or or, or into the, the the programming and all that, um, maybe you're just a bench scientist or or something like that. Um, you should be able to go into the Arc Data Commons and ask certain questions. Like, um, you know, what is the progression trends of people who have a certain uh, SOD1 mutation? Like, you can go in and do that with with minimal, maybe to none, uh, you know, programming experience or, or understanding of, of data tables and all that. Um, so it's very accessible. Um, you, your, your skill level can vary widely, and I think it'll still be helpful for a lot of people. And so the more people... The more researchers that you know have access to to valuable data, I think the better. <laughs> the the higher chance you'll get, you know, valuable results from somebody. Um, you know, the more people that can get their hands on it. Got it. Um, cool. So, kind of wrapping up here. Uh, what is your would be your sort of basic pitch to someone who might be listening to this and um, you know, would be eligible for the program. Um, why, why should someone participate in this? <clears throat> My pitch would be uh, if, if you've sort of been frustrated or, or just have a desire to contribute something, um, you know, to ALS research in, in one way or another, um, whether it be, you know, like on an ad com of some sort or just contributing samples. Um, this is a way to get started on doing something. Uh, all data is valuable to us, so it really doesn't, you know, matter too much how much data you can contribute and it gets your foot into the door of the space, the community, um, understanding what kind of data is being talked about in ALS, um, what kind of biology is being talked about. Um, and so even if you're somebody who might not want to do this for a long time, you'll probably learn, you'll pick up a few things that you can carry over to something else, some other project, or if you're just looking to talk to your doctor about applying to clinical trials. Um, I think it's a it's a decent starting point. Um, and of course, it's it's you know it means the world to us to have the data, um, and you would be helping out research in a huge way if that's something you wanted to do is to help research. Um, we have a lot of data already, and we're always going to be building on more, um, and so we'll al always appreciate new new participants who want to contribute. Cool. Um, well, I think that's all I got. Uh, unless there's anything else you want to add, uh, I always want to add. <laughs> Uh, a big thank you to all the participants. Always, this none of this is possible. The evolution of the PMP is not possible. The original PMP was not possible. All the value that comes from it is not possible um, without people contributing data um, for so long. Um, and so, I always want people to know how appreciative 
Um, of course, the clinical team is, but the rest of TDI who is working in the lab, you know, with the animals or on cells and stuff, um, it means a lot to everybody here. Um, so always thank you to the participants. I'll second that. Cool. Well, yeah, thanks a lot, Alan. Um, appreciate your time. Of course. Thank you. To learn more about ARC and sign up to join the program, visit als.net slash ARC. There are currently no treatments to stop or reverse ALS, but the ALS Therapy Development Institute is working to change that. To learn more about ALS TDI and our research to end ALS, visit als.net. Thanks for listening.